Wow, we've come a long way, haven't we? Welcome back to another episode of Basically Growing Up. Before we start this episode, actually, I have nothing to say. <laughs> um, thank you guys all so much for all the love and support for the past nine episodes and the last episode that I will be doing in the near future. Even if you have tuned in for one episode or even all of the episodes, I truly, truly am grateful for just you guys tuning into it. And with that said, thank you guys all for listening. Enjoy this episode, and here is episode 9 of Basically Growing Up. Hey, what is up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Basically Growing Up. For this episode, episode 9, the penultimate episode before the last one, I have a very, very special guest. All the way coming back from New York, finally finishing his quarantine. It's Chin Ho. Hello, hello. How are you, Chin Ho? How are you? I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm a bit tired. I'm a bit exhausted from still trying to reorganize some of my classes. But yeah, it's going well. I'm glad to see you again. I'm glad to be with my family. Glad to see you too. Uh, so you've been back for roughly two weeks and a little bit more. And you just finished your quarantine life. Before we talk about that, what have you been up to right now, like these days? What have I been up to? I've been trying to, well, quite frankly speaking, all I've been doing is trying to adapt to my new online studio life here mm-hmm. back home. Um, like I said just now, I'm still trying to reorganize some of my classes because, as you know, there is a 12-hour time difference in New York and Hong Kong. But yeah, like these past few days have mostly been admin stuff, just trying to reorganize and trying to get a structured life. Yeah. So, like you said, you study in New York. And you just came back around two, three, let's say three weeks ago. How was quarantine life? Well, quarantine life was interesting because I thought that I was going to be extremely bored. And Bash, because, go batshit crazy. No, because, yeah, because the thing is, I'm an extrovert and I thought I needed people. But it was, the quarantine life was actually rather, rather insightful. Like, I think it was like even for day one, day two, like, I was like, I guess inspired by you. I started, um, and my other friends, of course. Um, I started getting a, a nice workout routine that I would do every morning before eating breakfast. Um, and I actually had quite a lot of work to do because I, like I said, I was still trying to figure out my classes and I still had some work for school to do. So it was actually, it actually went by a lot quicker than I thought it would be. And, you know, I'm grateful that I have, um, my family coming to bring me food and I still have friends who are in contact with me online, which is great. There's still a connection. One question, like, let's say breakfast or lunch or dinner. You stay in your room, right? Yes. So you don't go down to like the dining hall. Yes, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to. Yeah. So how do you get breakfast? Do you get room service or no? So um, you can basically order from from the hotel, uh-huh. but um, I'm really lucky that my parents do bring me food most of the time. Okay. Okay. So now you're out of the quarantine. You're a free man, but obviously a lot of people right now still have to be careful. The numbers aren't dropping at all. Do you have like a little? Advice for someone or any or every, anyone who's listening to this? Well, I think a, I think a good word to kind of describe this entire situation that we're in is, I, I guess, the word chrysalis. Chrysalis. Chrysalis is um, it's it, I think it's a biological noun. I actually learned this noun from one of my teachers back in school, and it's basically the word means some. It's a transitional state, and I would just like to say that number one, we should all be grateful for the ones that are in quarantine. Be grateful that you're in quarantine. A lot, a lot of people don't even have the facilities to do so and like being in quarantine has made me really i guess as cheesy as it sounds like i really appreciate that i do have a safe space that the government is doing this for us 
and I'm still able to return to my family. So know that, you know, being quarantined is a privilege and really having a having a home to be quarantined in. Yeah, stay home. Stay like stay home, save lives. That's all exactly. footballers are saying. That's what they all say. And hopefully we'll emerge from this from our collective chrysalis in a few months, you know, change not just on a personal level, but also hopefully as as a world, as a nation. And yeah, we have to be we, I think we will be more compassionate and more grateful. Very nice. Very wise words, very nice words. Um so obviously right now we're having a hard time in this pandemic. How would you describe your life right now within this pandemic? Here's the thing. It's it's scary. It, there's no sugar coating as, to, as yeah. to how scary this is. Especially, you know, we are really living in a significant moment in history, but for me personally, I'm just I'm just doing my best. I'm doing the best that I can out of the situation. As much as it is frustrating to do my classes online, I'm still making the most out of it. I'm staying optimistic. And I know that because I don't take any of this for granted because I know there are a lot of people out there that are in a, like, in a worse situation than I am. So I'm just doing the best that I can with what I have. Obviously, you have a lot of things going on for you before leaving New York. A lot of events awaiting ahead of you. And since the whole thing broke out in New York and now you have, you came back to Hong Kong and everything just was put on hold or maybe just suspended indefinitely. It definitely takes a toll on different people, on, on yourself. Your emotions just goes down. It kind of discourages you. Yeah. And like speaking, this pandemic for me, it really has sensitized me to like, to a lot of those, uh, to a lot of historical events that has happened that I was aware of, but not really emotionally connected to. You know, if you look at what there was a great depression, the dust bowl, and what else was, was there? There was the, um, um, Marcus Aurelius's, um, the Antonine Plague. You really look at these events on another perspective because of what's happening right now. And it's been a weird chrysalis, but it's been inspiring and it's been really insightful. Yeah. And I think one more thing is just, you know, like you said very, uh, earlier is be grateful. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of people are going through an extra tough time compared to us. At least we have our family, but some people, their families are probably in ICU or, or having the, like, you know, caught the virus. And I mean, they're definitely not having a good time. For sure. So uh, I think we just have to be grateful and uh, treasure the things that we have right now in our possession. Now, there is something we can talk about that's slightly more lighthearted, uh, uplifting. It's football. <laughs> so you know you and i we are um avid football fans yeah. and uh, arch nemesis yeah arch nemesis you being a liverpool guy and i'm a united person so really quick question just you know with no football and everything what should we do with the leagues so here's the thing you know we're liverpool is on top of the table 25 points clear of manchester city it's not confirmed yet well i know but um the thing is I've, I've supported Liverpool for a long time, but of course, we haven't won the league for 30 years. I would say that, of course, I don't want them to void it. It's such a, it's such a significant result. Just look at John Oliver when he talked about it. Look, look at the passion. It's for his, for his entire childhood. He's been waiting for this moment. And that's, I don't want to see them void the league because they've worked, the boys have worked so hard. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think some of the players have already come to consent. Like, they're, I think they are like mentally getting ready for the void being voided. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, I think I read this morning that Sadio Mane, I think he even said in an interview that he's ready to accept it if it were to be void. And of course, I don't want it. I'm sure the players don't want it, but I feel like we're, we are really in a bizarre time right now and i think there are some things that are more important than football and as much as i love this team as much as liverpool deserve to be premier league champions but yeah i'm i don't want it to be voided but i am also ready for it to be voided the thing is it's not just about giving you the trophy 
it's because of the relegation as well. Yeah, no, no, I understand. So, like, there are a lot, yeah. like, there are a lot more important factors to consider than just simply handing Liverpool the title, right? Exactly. But, well, I guess only time can tell. Only time can tell. Uh, so yeah, the only three options that we kind of could see is void the league, confirm the results now, or postpone it. Now, let's not talk about football because it's going to be so boring for all the listeners who aren't interested in football, whatever. Now, you study in New York. Where yes, do you study? So I'm a drama major and I'm a freshman at the NYU Tisch School of the Arts. All right. And how's that for you so far? It has been nothing but a dream. Nothing like, but a dream. I'm in love with my school. Uh, the people have been unbelievable. I'm working. I'm, it's such an honor to even call them my friends. Some of my studio friends are unbelievably talented. And I'm glad that, you know, I guess we're, 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 we're friends now. And I'm learning so much from them. I'm learning so much from the teachers. I'm just learning so much, even being in New York itself. So you've gone there quite a few times, but you actually start to settle in around September let's say, uh, late August to uh, early September. You started settling in there. How was it? How was the first few months there? Oh, the first few months, was, they were actually, they went by really smoothly. Well, I'm lucky because I do have family there. So we settled into our dorms, like, first weekend. And honestly speaking, just everything went to plan. And I made, I, I became really good friends with my um, roommate, my suite. I live in a six-person suite, and all of them are some of the best people I know. Uh, yeah, and then, then I just, we started school, I met my friends from studio, and it's just a one-way passage. Great. So, how would you describe your entire half a year, first half a year experience in a few words? Draining, but rewarding. Draining, but rewarding. Yeah. So, you know, like, all the efforts that you put in, all the classes you have to attend, uh, all the hard work, you, you definitely sweat a lot. I, I see, like, you've done, like, uh, gym workouts every other day or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and you're also doing badminton on the side, and that's definitely extra work for you. So I couldn't even imagine, but all the achievements that you are receiving and will be receiving once school resumes, I definitely agree it's rewarding. Now, what are the few good things going to an art school gives? So I guess the good things of being in an art school, right? I think arts education is one of the best tool sets for kids to have to acquire social mobility and also creativity and ingenuity. Okay. It's, um, you really are doing a bachelor's not only for drama, musical theater. It is a bachelor for yourself. I'm really getting to know myself better. Mm-hmm. And I think by doing, by doing a drama major, it not only enables you to become a better performing artist, but like I said just now, it mainly is used for getting to know yourself better. Of course, like you learn how to express yourself on stage, on set, and like developing your own character. While you're doing that, it really helps you, you know, does that character help build my own character, right? Yeah. And you just learn to know how to accept yourself more mm-hmm. or, or build on from yourself. And a lot of people, I guess, the concern of drama schools is that, you know, it's it's an unstable job, so to speak. Yeah. You know, nothing is certain, especially in the arts when you go to a drama school, like a lot of people, I guess, have this one-sided mindset where I'm going to go to Broadway or I'm going to go to West End. I'm going to go Hollywood. But I think, like, of course, that is a practical approach. And I would love that to happen one day. But but at the same time, realistically speaking, I'm also aware that it may not happen. I'm an Asian in what is a white, white dominant culture in the performing arts. And But it's fine. Like, there is a chrysalis. There is a change. Yeah. And even if I don't make it, I believe that I'll still come out with something. And yeah. whatever the something is, I'm looking forward 
to seeing it happen you, one day. I feel like whether you graduate and you you go on Broadway or West End or Hollywood or whatever, you'll def. I feel like you'll definitely up have already upgraded yourself in a, in different. Yes, ways. that's that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Because like I said, it is a bachelor for your for yourself. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. You know, we talked about the good, but you know, is there anything that you would like to see improve, or something that you just feel like is kind of off going to an art school? Well, I don't want you to diss your school because you know, well, obviously each school has their own goods and flaws. But going to an art school in general, like let's say all art schools, what what is some of the things that might not be as good? I think one of the disadvantages of going to a drama school is that um. One, there is a lot of pressure for you to, you know, there is a lot of pressure to get a job after you gra- after you graduate yeah. because, and like I said, I think it's one of the more tougher industries to get a job in and to actually make a living out of what you love doing. Um, yeah, and for I think a lot of schools, maybe a lot of schools don't really kind of spoon feed you into the industry. You really have to. It's what you make of it. Especially for me in Tish, I know for a fact that it it is what we make of it. The school doesn't spoon feed you to agencies. They don't throw you into Broadway shows immediately. You have to bring yourself to Broadway, and so yeah. But that is kind of like a double-edged sword because it is bad, but it is good for you as a performing artist because you are learning in the middle of all this to、mm-hmm. try and actually make it to the industry all by yourself. Because obviously, once you graduated, you won't be sugarcoated by your teachers, by your by the people around you. What kind of jobs you find is all your own responsibility and are own rewarding. Right. I feel like going to an art school. It's kind of different to other normal schools、oh, because it's very, it's very different. And I feel like one of it is because you're put into reality almost immediately. All the pressure, all the challenges, all the other talents from your schoolmates that、uh, you face. So yeah, I guess, and I guess that that is also another another thing to talk about is the pressure that you kind of. It's kind of like an invisible pressure that you feel because you look at your other classmates and you see how unbelievably talented they are, and like there are times where you just where you just look at yourself and go, "What am I doing here?" But you know, it's I tell myself that it's okay. Like we're all here for a reason, of course. And but it, there's always just a slight pressure for you just、yeah. to perform well in drama school. But as much as it is a competition, we're all in it to help each other. Yeah, you want everyone else to shine as exactly. well. Exactly. All right. I'm really curious. When you got to New York, or even during your study in New York, what surprised you, or like what was already in your expectation? I expected New York to be like a parasite. It's like a,、okay. it's like a draining. It's like a city that drains your energy every ten seconds you live on it. That's kind of terrible because it's there's so much to New York. It, it's good because it makes you stay. Constantly active. I'm always doing something in the city, whether it's in studio training, going to Broadway Dance Center to go take lessons, seeing friends outside of NYU. There's always something to do in the city. The city's nonstop. Yeah, it's the city that never sleeps. Yeah, it is. It is true, and I expected that, and I now have a firsthand experience of it. Is it draining though? Like, is it tiring? Like, I can see your eye bags are a little bit out. And are you okay? <laughs> I'm actually fine. It's like it's like I said. I feel like I'm just tired from, of course, this pandemic. I'm not yeah, tired of this pandemic, but it's been a it's been a rough few weeks. Yeah, definitely. But New York, New York is draining. But like I said in the beginning, it is extremely rewarding. Uh, well, what was in your expectations? What was like? Yeah, that's it's New York. Uh, 
homeless people. <laughs> okay, okay, uh, all right. Uh, it's definitely a situation where, like, the government and like the people over there need to take a take a little bit, pay a little bit more attention to. Well, I think that's out of my certain. That's out of my profession. Sure, so. sure, sure. <laughs> but I think another issue is uh, the subway. God damn, that shit is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you, you look at the MTR in Hong Kong. Oh, trust me. And then you compare them to yeah. like the subway in Paris, the subway in uh, Tokyo, Tokyo. I'm sorry, that, yeah. uh, the subway in uh, America. It's just yeah. So I t- I take the four five six train most of the time, and I consider that clean. And if you're if you're a New Yorker, you you know what I'm talking about. But like, oh, wow, it's dirty. <laughs> oh boy. All right. So after all that, we talked about going abroad and studying and stuff. Going to a different place changes you. What are the things that you realize that has changed about you? I wouldn't go to say that New York is the reason why I have changed in this way. It's mainly, it's simply the idea of moving out from your home. And I know that I'm more independent now. You know, when you're living in a dorm, you have to be more, ind- you take care of yourself. You do your laundry by yourself. You have to do your bed. I do my bed every morning. I you know, uh, Do groceries by yourself. Go shopping from time to time, clean my room. But yeah, it's, the idea of independence. And I feel like it's not an easy thing to learn. And I'm glad that um, I have this privilege to go abroad and study and just become more independent. Now we're coming to like the little bit of uh, more what this whole podcast is about. Things, you know, things that we feel like we should talk about. Things we come across as teenagers or young adults. And for this episode, we want to talk about dealing with pressure, dealing with, you know, social circles and how to become the best version of yourself. Now, let's go on to the first point. You know, obviously you study um, musical theater, like acting, drama, all that stuff. And with that comes with a lot of pressure. How do you deal with that in a day-to-day basis if you ever come with like a huge assignment or a huge show that's coming on? For me, I tend to take this pressure and just channel it as energy. And okay. I feel like I've always done that, even if it's not performing arts when I was doing the IB exams. Yeah, there are a lot of pressure, but you use that pressure as as your fuel for energy to do even better. And I kind of live for that. Like it really, it really feels that when you're living with pressure, you're living life on the edge. Mm-hmm. And I love that adrenaline. I love that rush that you get from it. And I love that I actually kind of do like pressure because I feel that I'm always doing something. You know, yeah. I always have a show to do next. I always have an assignment. I'm always moving. I'm always working. Yeah. I'm non- it's nonstop. And I like that. Well, one of my secondary teacher, when I was preparing for my English speech festivals, uh, I told him I was nervous. And he said, it's good to be nervous. That means you want to be the best of yourself. You want to give yourself a challenge. And it's the nervous and the pressure that helps you know that you have something to fight for. And like you said, you have a lot of assignments, a lot of things that keeps you moving. It's the things that you want to look forward to that helps you kind of cope with the pressure. Yeah, and it's I think one thing we should acknowledge is that it's okay to sometimes be like, to feel that pressure and actually be a bit stressed out. It's okay. We all go through it. I think it's easy for me to say it, just, you know, use it as energy. That's really easy for me to say, but it can be a challenge for some people. And for, like, what I have to say is just, it takes time. It takes really, time, it definitely. Takes time. Now... With pressure, with, you know, if you're stressed out, most of the people tend to deal with it themselves. But we always encourage uh, everyone to seek a friend uh, or seek a family member for help. Let's talk about friends, all right? So, like, you're in New York, you're in an art school, and it comes to, like, meeting a lot of new people, new classmates, uh, new teachers, and all that stuff. Um, Let's not say about making a good impression, but how do you just 
Introduce myself. Introduce yourself. Introduce them uh, to be friends with them, and like just uh, how, yeah. How do you introduce yourself? Is as stereotypical as it sounds. I was just myself. Just be yourself. Mm-hmm. And and I know you hear that a lot from a lot of other celebrities. Yeah, just be yourself. But it's true, and I think I'm sure most of you know who Lin Manuel Miranda is. And I think he he once said that you are perfectly cast in your life. I can't imagine anyone but you in it. Woo! And really. Ah, uh, that quote is one, is one of my favorite quotes from him. Isn't that your time. WhatsApp? Yeah, that is also my WhatsApp. Your WhatsApp <laughs> my bio. Stat, my WhatsApp bio. Yeah, because I really I feel the truth in that in that sentence. It's true. There's no one better than who you are right now. And obviously, you want to present that out to your friends yeah. as your best version of yourself, and you want to make that good impression. And by good impressions, it's not to like appeal them. It's not to no. anything. It's that good impression is what they see you as you is what. They see the best version of yourself, yes, or and even you, the worst version of yourself. Yeah, exactly. And they will accept you for who you are if they are your true friends. Yeah, and yeah. I am so lucky that my studio friends have all accepted me as for who I am, and I love them equally as much. If you're hearing this, Chinho Studio friends, um, that's his little confession for you guys. Oh my God. <laughs> all, right. all right, so now we're moving on to some sort of a final point over here. We're on. Well, on my notes here, I wrote how to be awesome to yourself. Uh, quote stand out. But what I'm trying to ask, or maybe have a discussion uh, with you about, is how do you become a best version of yourself? How do you look in the mirror and say, "Yeah, this is me. This is who I want to be. This is who I'm practicing. Who what I'm studying to become." I think it is the uncertainty of life that really drives me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I mean, just look at this pandemic. Who would have thought that COVID nineteen would have kind of took over the world, right? Yeah. And I just tell myself that you know we don't know what tomorrow has to offer, of course. and I'm just telling myself that right now in this moment I'm in a place in a school studying a major which I love, and that is for me is already a blessing. I take that, and just the idea of simply being alive and doing what you love doing is such a privilege now, and especially in the situation that we're in. And honestly, it's. The simple things in life that keep us that keeps me going, and you don't really have to overcomplicate this question because if you love what you're doing, and if you're able to live life to its fullest, then what more can you ask from it, right? Exactly, uh, like word, dude. Like actual, like I really agree with what you said, and I believe that for the people around you, if they're really your friends and you know your family members, they would see you for who you are, who you present yourself to be. And like they said, like you said, if you're enjoying what you're doing, yeah. they will be happy for you too. And, and so, just like to answer your question, how to be awesome to yourself? Just learn to love yourself. Learn to self care is so important. And if you're able to do that, you're an awesome person. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, like yeah, like what you said. It's it's basically what I try to tell the audience. You know what the message is. Be what the message is like. But well, we don't want to sound off preachy. And of course, saying, this is just like a lot of people ask just a lens me, for you to look at. Yeah, it, it, it's. It's our opinion, of course, and whether you take it or not,、uh, it's your choice. But we're just here to we're here to share the positive message, what we think is nice. And with that said, that's pretty much it for this podcast. Thank you so much, Chinho, for being on. Is there any final message that you want to let the listeners know? I think that the weirdest thing about going back to the COVID nineteen is that COVID nineteen is truly global, and for the first time in like human history, I guess. For me, at least, we really get to watch each other worry and some of us even suffer. And if I can ask of anything from this pandemic, is 
I guess what I'm trying to say is I want to ask for a meaningful transformation so that we can, I guess, see ourselves again with clear eyes and as a collective move to a higher vantage point. This is a bizarre time. We can definitely make something out of it. All right. Word. So with that said, thank you all so much for listening to episode nine of basically growing up. It's been a journey. It's been wild. Everything's going great. Uh, the final episode will be just by myself recapping everything we have gone through from episode one to nine. And just a little final message from myself. Thank you, Chin Ho, for being on this uh, podcast. Of course. And I'll catch you guys up with the next episode of Basically Growing Up. Bye. See ya. <laughs> All right. no, no, just cut that. It's fine. Just end up with your bye. Please cut that. This episode of Basically Growing Up is written, recorded, edited, and produced by Stanley Chu. Music is by Justin Chen. If you like what you're listening to, please give this episode a like rating or a good feedback on whichever platform you're listening to. And I will talk to you guys later on the next episode of Basically Growing Up.